Welcome to the Wild Heart Meditation Center podcast. We're excited to announce that we will now be releasing these episodes every week on Wednesday morning. The best way to support us is by clicking subscribe and taking a moment to rate the podcast wherever you listen. If you'd like to support our efforts to keep the nonprofit Meditation Center open in Nashville, you can donate via the Venmo app by sending your donation to at Wild Heart Nashville, or you can go to wildheartmeditationcenter.org and click the Donate tab. Thanks for listening. All right. Welcome to the Wild Heart Meditation Center podcast. This is Mikey Noshal, and we have a hell of a topic set out for us. Did the Buddha teach reincarnation? And to be uh, fully honest, full disclosure, I have been inspired and obsessed with the Netflix show Surviving Death. And the, the sixth episode in Surviving Death is all about reincarnation. So this is inspired by that show. And let's uh, let's reflect a little bit. Like, what what does this topic of reincarnation kind of do for you? Uh, are you quick to uh, dismiss some of these more abstract metaphysical concepts uh, without investigation, you know? Or are you quick to believe? Is it like, so oh, I, I believe in re- reincarnation and without any investigation in that end. So uh, I don't think this topic is necessarily meant to believe or not believe. Uh, the Buddha taught everything for a reason. He taught uh, stuff for, to end suffering. Really, that's all he wants for us is to end suffering. And so this topic comes up with the intention to not necessarily create a belief system, but to really investigate in a way that will end our own suffering. And for me, this topic was first introduced to me in in high school and and college in, in comparative religion classes. And I came to believe that what they taught was reincarnation was very important to Buddhist practice. To be a Buddhist, you believed reincarnation. And come to find after after college, I started practicing Buddhism, and I got quite the contrary. I started practicing in the Soto Zen tradition, and the topic never came up. Uh, we would study the, the, the ethics, the five precepts. We would study meditation, and um, not a whole lot on anything metaphysical. Actually, it did come up on one retreat I was on. Somebody asked my teacher about past lives and rebirth, reincarnation, and he quite appropriately dismissed it by saying, well, all you get is this life. All you really have is this moment. You better take care of this moment. And I think that was that was quite appropriate. And and even going into the insight tradition uh, that I currently practice in, it, it it's not much emphasized that you need to believe in any of these things. Um, but in, in, in I'm currently practicing with a teacher that does uh, influence me to to take these things into practice and influences me to not necessarily dismiss without investigation. And so this. Uh, TV show, the the Netflix show, um, Surviving Death, really inspired me to to maybe look at some of these topics a little bit more. And so as I'm looking at these topics, what did the Buddha teach? So to answer this question quite up front, did the Buddha teach reincarnation? If we go to the early teachings of the Buddha and look through those, did he did he teach these topics? And and no, no. To be clear, the Buddha didn't teach reincarnation. Um, and that's kind of a technicality. 
Um, what we generally think of reincarnation is what we call transmigration of the soul. In the Bhagavad Gita, it says that it's kind of like somebody uh, changing clothes. Oh, you wear these clothes one day, you take them off, and then you put on another set of clothes tomorrow. And underneath all this is a genuine, true self. There is a soul underneath all of this. And that's more ideals of Hindu practices, Jainism, even the time of the Buddha, Brahmanism. And so this topic of soul in the time of the Buddha was very important. It was something that was very highly debated. Maybe like today, how whether God is real or not is debated. What they were concerned with is whether the soul is real or not. And the Buddha took the stance of no, that there is no soul. And, and he felt like this was important, and I feel like it's kind of important to not get caught up in this identity of a genuine self or a, a true self or a soul. That the, the, the self is just a construct of the mind. And, and I'll go into that a little bit later, but so if there is no soul then what is reborn? So the Buddha taught rebirth versus reincarnation. So rebirth is what we generally call this in a technical way because it's rebirth linking consciousness. So consciousness is the continuum from one lifetime to another lifetime. And, you know, you may be thinking, well, what's the difference? Okay, a soul is reborn into another uh, reincarnation. And then, well, now you're just saying consciousness is uh, like reincarnated. Well, the difference is, is that consciousness doesn't independently arise. Consciousness depends on the six senses in, in, in human consciousness. So we have six senses. We have the eyes, we have the ears, we have the nose, we have the tongue, we have the body, and we have the mind. We consider the mind a sense organ in Buddhist practices. And, and through these six senses, we have consciousness arising. We have a sense contact, and through that contact, consciousness arises. So we have eyes, and through the sense contact of seeing, seeing consciousness arises. Through nose, we have a nose that smells, and smelling consciousness arises. And then we have a body that has touch, and touch consciousness arises. So that the idea is consciousness dependently arises on these six senses, and we don't have one consciousness. So just like there may be one soul that is reincarnated, we don't have one consciousness that is, con that is continuum. We have multiple consciousnesses arising in this moment. All the consciousnesses that arise and pass through the eyes, all the sights you're seeing right now are rapidly changing, arising and passing, arising and passing, arising and passing. And all the sounds that you're experiencing, arising and passing, arising and passing, arising and passing. And all of that arising and passing are arising and passing consciousnesses. So you're not one consciousness. You, you have these senses that have impermanence arising and passing, which gives a continuum that may give us the illusion that there is a permanent self. But through mindfulness, we can actually uh, observe that there is no permanent self underneath all of this. All this is, is the observation of multiple consciousnesses continuing. 
And, and so that is the continuation. So that what happens after you die? We're <laughs> faced with this, uh, this dilemma here, trying to figure out what happens when you die. I'm currently alive, but uh, let's see what happens after you die. So in the Vasudhimaga, a commentary by Buddhaghosa in the 5th century, what he described was, well, after you die, the, the eyes go out. You don't have seeing consciousness anymore. The ears go out. You don't have hearing consciousness anymore. The mind goes out. The thoughts go out. You don't have thinking consciousness anymore. And then when the body completely, those six senses all die, and the next thing happens is those six senses or any senses, and you don't necessarily need all six, they go on board. And so when a newborn is born, consciousness, the next consciousness arises in that newborn. And that continuation of, of consciousness is the linking from one birth to another birth. And um, I don't, uh, that, that it can be very confusing. And I don't know if we need to think about next life or past life. Uh, some of this, all this next thing and past thing, future moments, past moments, uh, tend to create a lot of stress and suffering. So what I want to look at is rebirth, <laughs> birth and death in this moment, really. That in, if the consciousness is arising and passing, arising and passing, uh, right now you are experiencing so many deaths. So many deaths are happening and so many rebirths are happening. So many deaths and so many rebirths that we can observe in this present moment. And I think that's a good observation that leads us to understanding uh, how this is linking uh, in every moment. So in Buddha Gosa's sense, when this body dies, it's just going to link it all together into the next body that will be experiencing these, uh, these, these, this linking of impermanence. So it's like the only thing that's permanent is really impermanence. And to look at the Buddha directly, what did the Buddha teach on this? And the Buddha taught that you need three things uh, to, to have a human birth. You need a sperm, you need an egg, and you need consciousness. A consciousness arising in a sperm and an egg. And that's the link that happens, according to the Buddha. And um, if there's no consciousness arising between the sperm and the egg, then there is no birth. So we, it requires those three things. So there's a popular analogy that's used to describe this rebirth-linking consciousness of the analogy of the candle. So let's start by just saying, okay, at 8 p.m. you light a candle, and then you, you leave for an hour, you come back at 9 p.m., and that candle has been burnt down a little bit. And is that the same candle? Is that the same flame? And... Um, from our own observation, we can say, well, yeah, my, I perceive that as the same candle. But really, in that flame, that flame is made up of different particles now. That flame is made up of uh, the different oxygen that, that fuels the flame. And it's also a different part of the wick of the candle. The old wick was already burnt out. Now it's continuing to another part of the wick. And then the, the wax is already burnt out too. So it's another part of the candle, the wax part of the candle. Now it's another part of the candle. So while it's a continuation of a candle continuing to burn, it, 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 we perceive it as the same flame, the same wick, and the same wax. 
And so let's say that that candle is it's starting to go out. So you want to take this candle and you don't want the flame to go out. So you take another candle and you put those two candles together, put the two wicks together. And so the flame uh, sparks in the new wick. And so is that the same flame? Now you have two flames. Is that the same flame? And so you put out the old, old candle and then there's the new candle. And uh, the way we can view this as is seeing that um, this flame isn't independent. This flame is dependent on an old flame. It's dependent on the wax. It's dependent on the wick. It's dependent on the oxygen. So this is like having a body, the wax. The wax is, okay, we have a body. So our consciousness arises from having a body. And the wick can be like the senses that, that we need to have eyes to have eye consciousness. And the flame is the consciousness that arises out of this, this flame. And so just like nature is dependent on everything around it, our consciousness Consciousnesses are dependent on everything around it. It is not separate. And so this idea of rebirth is, isn't a complete nihilism. It isn't uh, you're dead, you're gone. Um, but it's also not complete eternalism. It isn't that you're going to live forever, too. And I think it's a good in-between way to, to view uh, life and death and, and life in this present moment, too. And this is an aid towards our own practice. If we look at the core teachings of the Buddha, the way we teach it at Wild Heart, uh, typically we look at a more pragmatic, practical, even secular way of viewing the core teachings of the Buddha, the Four Noble Truths. And we teach the First Noble Truth of Dukkha, that there is uh, pain, loss, unsatisfactoriness in life, and we want to embrace this this truth that that life has some unsatisfactory qualities to it. And the second noble truth of tanha, that the cause of suffering is this repetitive craving to avoid that truth. That repetitive craving is the true cause of suffering, not not the the pain. It's the 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 craving for the pain to not be there is the true cause of suffering. And so we want to let go of that reactive cycle of of craving for pain to be gone. And the third noble truth, the Nibbana, we, we describe as the cooling off of reactivity. It's a cool, calm awakening that happens when we can be at peace with the, the, the dukkha. We can be at peace with the pain and, and the loss and, and not have a craving for it to not be like that. And then the fourth noble truth is the, the Eightfold Path. And so this is how we typically teach it at Wild Heart, very practical way. But when we combine this uh, observation of rebirth, it can inform what we teach on the Four Noble Truths and has quite a more traditional way of, of teaching it. And it's like we, the First Noble Truth is the observation that life has this dilemma, that life is bound with suffering, that that impermanence is real, that there's no place to land in this existence. And what we call this existence is samsara. It's the cyclical arising and passing of, of this trapped cycle of suffering. 
and and this is how we kind of view time in Buddhist practices. In the West, we normally view time as linear. We have a beginning and an end. But in Buddhist practice, we look at the cyclical connection of time, that time is continuous and it's, it's, it's round almost versus a line. And, and what we discover is that in, in the first noble truth of dukkha, that we are trapped in this cycle of suffering, that life is just this suffering uh, and difficulty and pain and loss, and it's, and it's quite troublesome. And what keeps us trapped in the cycle is the karma of tanha is the craving when we when we uh, hate pain that's a type of grasping and craving to the cycle of samsara when we uh, cling to pleasure that is another way to be stuck and trapped in samsara and what we discover is karma is involved in this rebirth linking consciousness so karma is the momentum that goes along from moment to moment to moment to moment. What you practice at is what you get good at. And so if you practice at craving, if you practice at longing for and grasping, when you die, that momentum is going to continue into the next life. And that will link you to the next life that continues the cycle of samsara. So what we want to do is, is so-called purify our karma in this life and, and, and set aside the craving and reactivity and hating. And so when we die, there isn't any karma to continue on to the next life. And so when we uh, purify our karma in this life, we will not be born again into samsara. We will not be born again into this world. And... That is what Nibbana is, or Nirvana is. The third noble truth is you're, you, the extinguish, extinguishing, excuse me, extinguishing of these consciousnesses. It extinguishes, and there's nothing reborn. There's no uh, rebirth-linking consciousness because the karma does not exist to put that momentum forth. And then that's that's the end. And how to do this, that's the same practice of the four noble truth. I mean, the, the fourth noble truth of the Eightfold Path is how to do this. And during this awakening, uh, the Buddha had something to say about this, this aspect of not being born. Um, he says, through rounds of many rebirths, I roamed without reward, without rest, seeking the house builder. Painful is birth again and again the house builder, your scene. You will not build a house again. All your rafters broken, the ridgepole destroyed, gone to the unformed. The mind has come to the end of craving. And so this is the extinguishing, this is the end, this is the cycles of samsara, this is the idea of, of the end of suffering. That uh, from this traditional view that um, there is no end of suffering until we leave this plane of existence. And um, I think that's a, a helpful observation, too, that we can take care of these moments, and these moments have momentum and continuation. So um, I'm not asking you to believe anything, but I want you to just take care of this moment. Approach this moment with loving kindness. Approach this moment with compassion and take care of this moment because there is a continuation whether you believe in rebirth or, or not. 
there will be a continuation of what you practice in this moment. I think that's the emphasis. What you believe is not important. What you do is what is important. Uh, but um, if you want to study more on this and get to know more on this, I know so many of us want the, the proof. And I get that, that that show I watched is a TV show um, that I, I do come at it in a skeptical way, but that Surviving Death on Netflix is a, a, a cool show to look. And they do reference some of the research being done about uh, past life and, and all of that. And uh, another uh, aspect I do want to suggest is a book called it's Rebirth in Early Buddhism and Current Research. So if you're a research nerd, if you want to uh, check out some of the things that Bhikkhu Analio has put together in this book, um, yeah, check it out. Highly suggest it. I'm, I haven't read the whole thing, but I've, I've been getting into it. And uh, one of the main cases studied in this book is a young boy born in the late 60s in Sri Lanka and from age about from age like two, I think it is, he before he could even like read or write, he would spontaneously start chanting some of the old Buddhist scriptures of the time. He would start chanting the turning the wheel of the Dhamma, and um, what they discovered was it was chanted in a different fashion than it was in the the in the context that he he was born into. There was. Uh, a different dialect the Pali was. There was actually even parts of the sutta that were missing. And um, what they discovered is, yeah, that was an older dialect and some of the parts of the sutta were uh, added on in this part of Sri Lanka. And what's really cool is uh, there's recordings of this young boy chanting. So that's what I want to leave us with. I'm going to play the chant for y'all and uh, and. Thanks for listening, and hopefully this has served you in some way. A deep peace and love to y'all, and, and hopefully we can go forward and uh, approach all of life's difficulties with a heart of compassion, loving kindness, and care. So peace and love your way. Thanks for listening. I'm